everyone. Welcome back to Bit Different. This is the team. And this is Rob. And today we have our first special guest. Very special. Yeah. And he works in the video game industry and he's a designer and he's my brother. His name is Travis. Say hi, Travis. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> so Travis is a senior designer at an agency called Tamagami Carol. <laughs> <laughs> I would have butchered that. Um, and, I should have hopped in and just said that. Uh, right? <laughs> and he works on branding for video game properties and other entertainment properties like TV, uh, mu- uh, movies, medical industry, toys, and other things. And he's also worked on franchises such as Mass Effect Andromeda, which we've never talked about on the show before, but that'll be fun one day. And... <laughs> Uh, Middle Earth, Shadow of War, and Shadow of Mordor, Titanfall 2, Star Wars Galaxy of Heroes, Voltron, the Legendary Defender, and Blizzard Entertainment's Cute But Deadly line. Cute. Also, one of my favorites, he redesigned the board game of Sorry. So sorry. (laughs) I love that one. I didn't know that. Yeah, uh, but that was like a day's worth of work so i don't try to talk about that too much <laughs> but it but it is an attractive redesign of of you know or it's a, an update yeah that's one of those projects where our illustration department dumps it to the design team and they say we need it now and you do three concepts and they the you know client picks one and you go with it <laughs> yeah it turned out well we but todd and i bought it Wait, I haven't seen it. So what's the difference? Is it like more streamline or mod or? Uh, yeah, they wanted it to look, I guess, more fresh, even though uh, in the end, it kind of just looks like the old sorry, but their inspiration was, you know, vinyl packaging. So like simple shapes, vibrant colors. Oh, that's cool. I like but uh, the, the whole draw, I think it, it was like the 2013 version. It was like this fire and ice technique that you have these rings that you put on the characters and they'd have like effects but uh, i had no part in that it was just sort of revising the board look yeah i thought it was cool though that's cool how come i've never seen it though that's my well wish. well it's on dad's shelf because i got it for him christmas of that year yeah and it's on me and todd's shelf as well oh that's nice when do i get one <laughs> just kidding yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh. So um, before we get into everything we want to know about Travis, um, what's new in your life, Rob? What's going on? What's happening this week? Uh, well, you know, uh, as usual, work, work, work. And of course, I'm trying to squeeze in as many uh, games as I can. I'm trying to think if there's anything like new or extraordinary. I haven't seen any new. Oh, I finally saw Fantastic Beasts. Oh, my God. Which I liked a lot. I did. Um, yeah. I'm looking forward to the first of five. It's going to be five movies? Uh, I think. Yeah. So I, I think. I know there's more. There's at least three. I yeah. don't know about five. I know it's setting up the world for like another series, which, um, yeah, I liked it. I, I'm glad that uh, Todd and I saw it. I'm excited about uh, buying Rogue One on Blu-ray mm-hmm. tomorrow oh, nice. or yesterday for okay. everyone at home <laughs> uh, by the time this comes out because um, I like that and I want to see that again. But, um, yeah, Rogue One was really dope. But yeah. Um, but wait, before... Um, oh, yeah. Eddie Redmayne in Fantastic Beasts. That was one of my favorite roles by him. Because he does so many like quirky characters. I really thought he was really cute in Fantastic Beasts. I don't know if I've ever really liked Eddie Redmayne in a movie. 
What? I, there's something about him that I don't. What about Danish Girl? Did you see it? Uh, yeah, I saw Danish Girl. Um, I think that it was a it was a good performance. But I, I just I don't love. I did not see Les Mis. Oh. Jupiter Rising. No, that, I, I, that oh, might have, that might have been what sort of set him in like a negative light, <laughs> light for me. <laughs> Because uh, what yeah, is that voice? He that chewed. He, has? <laughs> he chewed all of the scenery in that movie. <laughs> you know, he used to be a, a huge runway, runway and print model for Burberry. Before Did not he know that. An actor. I could see that. Yeah, I could totally see that. Yeah. That's cool. Well, okay. I love Fantastic Beasts. I can't wait for the next one. But. Um, that brings me into what I did. What'd you do? I went to the magical wizarding world of Harry Potter. <laughs> it was so good too. And you got a butterbeer, right? Yeah, I got a butterbeer. Did you do the liquid or the frozen one? I did the hot, like the hot. They still have hot? Yeah. Oh, I thought they did away with that at the end of the winter. No, it's so good. Yeah, I got the hot one. It's like um, a hot melted butterscotch drink. Yeah, kind of like a hot chocolate, but instead it's hot butterscotch. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, Todd's had, I think, all three of them at this point. My favorite is the frozen i've had two of them um i have the regular cold one and then the, the no you frozen got one. the hot's the best one i hear well it's i love the frozen one because it's like kind of it's got ice crystals so the water sort of oh, cuts really? the sweetness a little bit because i think they're way too sweet mm. um but todd likes the normal one kind of reminds me of that um the, the dual whip mm, yes the dual whip yes is yeah. that the only Quip. signature drink that the wizarding world of harry potter has i think they have Pumpkin juice and stuff as well, like yeah. other stuff from the yeah, book. Juice. That's like it's flaming Moe's or yeah. yeah. They have gilly water, which Not is just water in a bottle. Well, and <laughs> I and I I think it's the case for the Warner Brother or the Jesus for Universal out here that um there are no Coca Cola products in the Wizarding no. World because there is no oh, Coke in products, yeah. her Wizarding World, and um of course Universal has a deal with Coca Cola that like they are the soft drink partner of the theme park and i believe it was a point of contention when she opened wizarding world in florida florida yeah that she was like you can't you have to sort of break your contract and you can't put this exclusive beverage in my section of the park and luckily coke was pretty cool with it they were like yeah it's fine yeah but can you bring a coke you can bring one in yes (laughs) there's not going to sell one to you the evaporates or wait you walk in and they just knock it out of your hand with a big stick going into a concert and they're just (laughs) like check it at the door (laughs) If, it's the airport security. Yeah. yeah. If you want to take like a picture with your friend and you ask one of the wizards to take a picture for you, they'll go, oh, we can't use muggle devices. Really? Bastards. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But um, just like really huge thing for me was walking through Hogwarts, the castle to get on the, the main ride, which the main ride, I can't remember the name of it, but so. Harry Potter and the Forbidden Journey. Yeah. It should be forbidden because it's fucking terrifying <laughs> i screamed uh, almost probably as much as i screamed the first time i went on a jurassic park ride <laughs> like i'm not going to give anything away but there are dementors in there so i just gave that away boop <laughs> <laughs> no that, that ride's really cool and i heard that it's it's in 2d now right like the, uh, there was no glasses. I thought I saw it in 2D, but somebody was trying to tell me I saw it in 3D, and no. I got confused. I was asking if it was in 3D, because I thought in it, Florida. Florida's 2D. Oh, okay. It launched here in 3D. But it made people sick? Yes. Okay, and that's so where I was getting They just did away with the 3D glasses. Oh, then I got lucky, because I didn't have to do 3D, and I get really nauseous really easily. I can't do Star Tours. That's well, like anti- Oh, no. I will throw up in the first 10 seconds, like- Last time I went on it was like two years ago. 
at about half a minute in, I literally had my head between my legs and was just closing my eyes and ears because I couldn't. Oh, no. It was so bad. I almost vomited. What about everyone? You've been on Transformers, though, and that seems to be okay. I can do Transformers. I think huh. because it's moving and the other uh, one is like the motion of just the stationary. Yeah, there's a lot going on in Star Tours where yeah. Transformers is kind of like you're watching a movie with some slight movement. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, because like uh, Harry Potter and the Forbidden Journey makes me a little queasy. I can get through mm. it. And at the end, though, I kind of need a break. Um, wow. And Todd was fine with it in yeah, 3D. Yeah, was and, fine too. But now that it's in 2D, I think I'll be better. Oh, okay. Um, but like whenever it was in 3D, I would just close my eyes during all of the oh, filmed yeah. sequences huh. and just enjoy all the actual practical stuff because it's a combination of both, you know, projected and heard. practical. And the practical yeah. stuff is so good. Yeah. It's real good. It's so scary. <laughs> there are dragons in there. Oh, that's all Stop I'm it. You stop. <laughs> <laughs> um. Oh, but what I was going to say, though, is I think what's even better than the ride is when you walk through the line of Hogwarts Castle, you go through all the different parts of Hogwarts. You go through, like, the um, uh, outdoor, the botanical garden. Yeah, the greenhouse. The greenhouse. You go through, I mean, you see all the artifacts, the statues of all the wizards are in there. Well, and the the moving paintings look real good. It looks like you're in the damn film. Yeah, they did a That's really good cool. job. Yeah, I, I honestly, and I do love me some Disneyland, but I think they did a better job on this ride, like the detail, than I've ever seen at Disneyland. Because I was very particular, and I was like, this looks freaking phenomenal. Well, one thing that they they did that's really impressive cuz Universal is sort of just it's on such a small little so plot tiny. of land. Right. Yeah. Everything's just kind of on everything else and they did a really good job though of when you're in the Harry Potter world, they um it blocks your line of sight to almost everything else yeah. in the park. Oh, you wow. feel like you're in the like, damn world. They do a really good job of not showing because like in most places in the park you can see the back lot down the hill right. and the like escalator exactly yeah, <laughs> yeah like or springfield you know just, are you talking about the simpsons you know like they <laughs> which i had a crust burger you can see so much and in harry potter they do a really good job of obscuring the outside everything's world. built so high yeah or, well and also well, they, you're on the top too and, right? and they keep yeah. you far from the edges and stuff like even like the greenhouse they um they built up the sides to the point where you can't really mm. see below like the horizon right and so so it's pretty yeah, effective. It looks off the hill, so you don't really see anything except like valley. Yeah, you see valley. Hmm. It's beautiful. So yeah, like they really <sighs> did a, a very smart building job there. Yeah, and it snows year round there <laughs> because there's always snow on all the buildings. How are the lines? Um, I waited about forty. 40 minutes it was That's not bad. but no, you know no, it went so bad. fast because i it's like you're going through a museum of harry potter right. well, it's, it so, is a it's a well-designed line yeah it's not like jurassic park where it's just like rows and rows <laughs> and rows of line and all you see is people that you don't want to see and that repeating video of the safety oh, stuff God. yeah i, I want to say when we first went on the jurassic park ride i think when it opened it was the most disappointing ride to me <laughs> because you waited like two hours, two, maybe three hours for this slow boat ride and just such a little payoff at the end. And then it was over. Yeah. No. Well, and so much of that ride's broken year round. Yeah. Right. It actually was 100% working. What? Except the car when it tries. So, kind of, so oh, yeah, that's yeah. the one thing. That's yeah, the one thing never that never works. You never see the works. car like try to fall it, over you, on I it. remember when it did. Yes. It was 
horrifying. But yeah, it was still down, which looks scary because you see the bottom of a car. It's like, what is it going to do? Yeah. But um, that T-Rex has traumatized me my entire life. <laughs> That's all. And now I the hate animatronics. Well, I'm... They don't hide it very well, though. That's, no. that's one of my problems with it, too. You can see it just sitting there. Behind the waterfall, waiting. Yes. But if you don't know it's there... Okay, so <laughs> when we were coming up, because I was with my friend Lauren, and when we were coming up to the first T-Rex where he comes through the ceiling... Mm-hmm. Right. Oh, I can't even stop. It's, <laughs> it's too scary. But I saw the tip of his nose and his teeth. Yeah. So I knew he was coming, but Lauren, who's never been on it before, she wasn't expecting it. So when it came at her, she didn't realize it was coming. I was like, oh, my God, it's too much. And then at the end, she's like, that wasn't as scary as Harry Potter. And I was like, you bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I'm curious, what, uh, this is a little you know, tangent, but uh, what is the longest that you guys have ever waited for a ride at a theme park? Hmm. Could be Jurassic Park. Jurassic Park was long. Uh, Splash Mountain, when it first came out, oh, yeah. was long. I want to say... The Roger Rabbit ride, I remember being very long. It's still long. <laughs> yeah, everything's always broken, it seems. Uh, not when I go. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I would say those. I think Space Mountain maybe has been when it's uh, like the Galaxy of Terror. Oh, yeah, stuff. one of its uh, yeah, yeah special Could versions. Be up to, like almost three hours, I want to say. All I can say is thank goodness for fast passes on those certain rides. Yes. I mean, they have their problems, but at least. You get to ride one ride without having to wait in a damn line. Yeah. Are you excited for the um, Guardians of the Galaxy revamp of the Tower of Terror? No. Yeah. I mean, I'm excited to go on a ride that drops me again, but I'm really going to miss the the Twilight Zone branding on that. I really liked that. Yeah, I just watched a video, I guess the reveal Mm -hmm. of it. Uh, Nothing really shown, but they were just talking about like what it the possibilities that will happen with it. It sounds like a lot of Star Tours sort of magic where it's going to be different every time. Oh, that'll be cool. So, and it's not always going to open itself out to the park. Oh. So it's supposed to be unique. Like when you go on Star Tours, you don't know yeah. what you're going to get. Well, that'll it, be nice. Do, do you know if it's like a mix between like VR or 3D or is it 2D or is it like animatronics or practical? Or I don't. I don't know. I know the lead up is like the collector has taken all the guardians, but then like Rocket uh, Raccoon, you're going on an adventure with him. So that kind of sounds like, again, Star Tours or he's the C-3PO yeah. of it. Yeah. And I'm curious how they'll handle that because there's such limited real estate for them because, you know, all the hallways are all faked right. to be that long with like perspective tricks in the old ride. Yeah. So I'm kind of curious how they're going to build these sort of like it's kind of like dioramas like, that you're what can, seeing what before can you, you fall. What with a ride that goes up and down? Exactly, yeah, because <laughs> so. like, I know that Tower of Terror in Florida is actually like a long ride that moves around before it drops. Like, what it if actually they goes... change it so like, instead of going up and down sitting, they like move it so you're facing the floor and you're going up and down that way? <laughs> I don't think <laughs> so that's like Disney compliant. <laughs> that's more of a Magic Mountain a ride than a Disney down. ride, it I feel. Unlocks and oh, just rotates it's down. so scary. <laughs> I would pass out. I would love that. Yes, you would. And I yeah. would cry. <laughs> Tears of blood. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah. Oh. Mm. So I don't completely kill this often because it's kind of funny that we never actually work with this. I have a word of the week. Oh, what is that? Yeah, and I probably can't pronounce it. 
It's, it's so you're gonna let the dictionary.com no <laughs> no we are actually <laughs> <laughs> let that do the dirty work yeah so before i start the word of the week means <laughs> lack of knowledge and ignorance so this is the word negence Lack of knowledge or ignorance. It's spelled N-E-S-C-I-E-N-C-E. Nescence. 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 Hmm. Now you're all smarter. You're welcome. Yeah. (laughs) I feel ignorant works just as well. (laughs) I like ignorant. (laughs) Y'all ignorant. Um, So, Travis, as my brother, (laughs) Uh um... I have nothing, this has nothing to do with that. But so when you're designing for games, since this is a game podcast, like what what are your inspirations? Like where do you draw your inspiration from? Uh, well, I guess it all just depends on the, the project. Usually when we get a project from a client, they have a directive uh, that kind of has an idea of what they're looking for based off what the game is about, um, where it's at in development, where they see it at the finish. Because a lot of times we work on games that are a year plus before it's even released. Mm. So depending on that, like I would say, let's start, let's say Mass Effect Andromeda. When we got that, we had very little concept art. Um, so what I did for Mass Effect Andromeda, I did the Andromeda Initiative logo. Um, so when you see the AI with the blue triangle and then the, the, the words Andromeda Initiative, I created that architecture. Oh, I love it. <laughs> Which, how cool is that to actually see that in the game over and, and on, and on all the merch? Everything's branded. <laughs> surprising, because when we were given that project... We were not told that this was going to be in-game. We were told that this is going to live outside the game world. It's going to be this physical thing, this idea that this is where humans got the idea to go off into space, you know, find a new planet uh, to inhabit. And they were going to build it around this fake website. Uh, they gave us uh, inspiration of, like, Prometheus did this with... Mm. Um, the Wayland and yeah, Tani. Wayland Utani, yeah. Mm. Uh, so that was sort of the directive. Like, this is a physical thing. It's not going to be in game. But they gave us some uh, character art, and they were like, base it off this color scheme, which was like that light blue, uh, white, and dark gray. So mm-hmm. that's sort of where that came about, where you get the blue and the the dark. Um, but yeah, so seeing it in the game, seeing it. On the armor, in the trailer, and then in the ship, the Tempest. It was it was weird. It was really cool because usually when we work on things, it doesn't go inside the game. I do a lot of logos for packaging and marketing, but never in-game assets. Well, and as a fan of Mass Effect, it got had to be pretty cool to, to have oh, yeah. this be the one. Yeah. yeah, I mean, the logo's even on the coffee cups. <laughs> yeah, it's... It's I mean, everywhere. Yeah, I bought socks with it on it. Just because <laughs> I was like, yeah, this is cool. Uh, and then the other thing uh, we designed uh, was it was like an astronaut patch, which I have not seen produced as a patch of yet, but I do have a pin of it. And it has like the Tempest Pathfinder, sort of this blue shield lockup. Um, so I worked on that as well. Um, but yeah, so inspiration-wise, it, it, it changes from project to project. Like with Voltron, it was definitely 
Uh, at first, it was very Marvel uh, Cinemaverse um, inspired. Uh, it changed from a long time of revisions from this look of this heavy logo, very rendered in 3D, a lot of depth, very cinematic, and changed into a very, uh, you know, anime inspired, very Japanese uh, looking with with the V, the shape of the V and how the letter forms work. Um, and that came from a directive of the actual show's director. That's so. cool. It is reminiscent a lot of the original, though. Is that kind of like they wanted it to look kind of like the original and then... They did. They wanted it to be like an evolution. So we started the first round of trying to just revise the the original because um, there are many problems with the original logo. So just trying to get it more consistent in the architecture of the typography. Uh, and that sort of morphed into something that looked just more cinematic, just uh, easier to read, I guess you would say. And it all depends on the, the client we're working with and their views. And then they show it to their boss and then they show it to their boss. <laughs> and it just becomes something else in the end. But um, a lot of the inspiration for the letter forms you get with Voltron himself, like his chess piece, um, just the, the angles and the shapes of all of that coming together that's awesome yeah, yeah that's so cool um so you also did like the um you also did the logos for shadow of mordor and shadow of war which was announced recently so which, very excited about that so yeah uh i did the architecture for shadow of mordor um and then another designer funny enough this is how it works in the industry did the architecture for middle earth uh, so two different designers doing two different pieces to one logo. Um, but That's pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so when we were working on... Uh, so we pitched for Shadow of Mordor, and we got it. And we did the key art, uh, which our illustration department handles, any sort of key art. Um, they did the Mass Effect Andromeda. They did Titanfall, um, so Shadow of Mordor, um, and then I did like the logo, and, and then we'll give it to the illustration department to do the rendering. So they'll do it in 3D and make it look like that. Uh, but when Shadow of War came out, um, we did pitch for it, but sadly we did not get the pitch. But the client thought that the logo that I proposed um, in the pitch was obviously reminiscent of the Shadow of Mordor uh, look and feel. And the, I, since I was the creator, they wanted us to finish the logo for them. So that's that awesome. So that carried on, which is yeah. cool. Now, so with Shadow of Mordor, um, I had a little bit of a, I was, I was a little bit involved in that one because I was still working there at the time. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. Cause like I wrote a tagline that made it onto, uh, I think a, like a uh, a building wrap in Europe. Oh, um, I don't know this. Well, and like we originally, uh, it, it was originally going to be um, on a uh, giant sign at E3. Right. And then they, I think they decided to announce after E3 or something like that. And so ended up not getting used for that. But I wrote a tagline for that that was fun. And I think on like a magazine cover that we worked on, I was Rob. You're published. I was a I was a body model for a dead orc. Ooh, sexy dead orc. Because we yes. needed they needed like a, a orc that basically looked like he was in pain and mangled but dead. Oh, they're and like, so Rob could do that. And so like I I laid on a table and for photographic uh, reference. 
Yeah. Uh, when you work in <laughs> yeah. our company, it's like <laughs> casting call for orcs or zombies, and they just get people just in the office. It's to, pretty cool, though. If, if you're free. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, it's, fun to, it's, it's fun to get involved, especially if you get excited about the projects. Like, it's cool to be a part of that. They're like, yeah. you're definitely an orc. <laughs> and you're an elf. <laughs> but it's funny, because I'm more of a dwarf type, I would imagine, oh. but you know. Yeah, Hobbit. <laughs> That's cute. Nice. I love it. Excellent. Um. So, um, well, uh, just to, you know, one of our normal questions. Uh, well, sorry, oh. be- sorry, before we do that, um, yeah. can you just talk about the, how you designed the Bit Different logo? Yeah. <laughs> he designed our logo, too. That's why it looks so good. Well, okay. Uh, well... <laughs> Satine asked for a logo, and I said, sure, and she wanted, okay, we had a lot of back and forth, because uh, she wanted something very, you know... She's such a bitch. N- <laughs> nostalgic, <laughs> and very, sweet. very 8-bit inspired, and I personally didn't think that was the strongest route to go, because even though this is a video game podcast... Rob and Satine talk about current video games. They're not talking about like they're playing retro games or any way, way that throw me under the bus. Any way <laughs> that this is a retro cast. So I was like, well, I gave it my stab, uh, my first shot, and it more or less looked like the logo you see currently. Um, it had the bit different, uh, you know, the bit in the the text or the speech bubble speech box. So the the speech box is a square because that is reminiscent of a pixel. And I was like, well, isn't that good enough? <laughs> and I no. <laughs> and I think I did the the dot on the eye might have been a square too at the very beginning. Oh yeah, I don't have a copy of the original logo handy. But and I was like, well, that's also a bit. So is that good enough? And she was like, no. Can it be a little bit more pixelated? And I was like, well, all right. So I spent a lot of time just fudging around with the bit part and. Uh, Trying just different ways to add sort of pixelizations to the the characters. And then initially, uh, I just came up with what you see at the bottom is sort of just glitched out a bit. Yeah, I like that sort of an offset kind of tail on the T there. And yeah. It just, yeah, it makes it a little more pixely. Indent into the B. Yeah. Yeah, and I liked how you changed the background from a white um, to like a really deep dark blue. And I think that like makes everything stand out more and then you changed the um what'd you call it speech box yeah you changed it instead of it being colored or filled it's now outlined yeah so originally the speech box was black and it was uh and different was color so just trying to integrate everything and because i changed the background to a, a deep blue uh, there was no reason to have either the text box be a solid shape because that would just be too much of an eyesore. So it became a stroke and it picked up the colors of the different, the, the gradient of color. So just to have it all come together, um, to bring the two words together. And yeah, and that's where it netted out. And then there was a lot of fussing on my end and a lot of I changed this. I made this a little wider. Why isn't the logo changed on your iTunes comments? Yeah, <laughs> I, it's, it's uh, this. I the way you, iTunes works with 
the site and how it connects, it's really difficult to change it once you already chosen your initial logo. And I'm still trying to figure out how to do it because I've changed it a hundred times inside the um, the the HTML text or mm. whatever it's called, but it it doesn't change it. I think I have to change the the, the name of everything and do you sort of like yeah, do like a full refresh push a through full refresh. So. It's, but you see it on everything except when you're searching it. I'm like, well, that's okay for now. And I think it's it's pretty much the same logo. There's just one little nitpick, but it, it's fine. I don't think anyone would notice. <laughs> well, and me. and thank you for doing that for us. Yeah, yes, we appreciate it. We do. It was yeah. very nice of you. And I didn't realize you're such a profound speaker. <laughs> In our 30-something years, I'm finally learning, oh, my brother's smart. (laughs) (laughs) He's so eloquent. I think it's been the years that I've been doing presentations for clients. (laughs) It makes sense. Everything has to have a reason. You can't just be like, it looked nice. It's pretty. Yes. That's my reason for playing any game is, oh, it's pretty. (laughs) Yeah, every single choice should have at least a reason that you can justify. Exactly. Because everything needs to be thoughtful. Yeah, I love that. So um, to go into one of our normal sort of things, uh, what are you playing right now? Well, I currently was playing today Overwatch. Uh, Who's your main? My main is Reinhardt. Okay. And my, I guess, second main, because it depends on offense, defense. Uh, Usually I'll do Reinhardt on both, but some levels I like to use Symmetra. Okay. So they're my two favorites. Um, and yeah, and hopefully, depending on how tonight goes, I might get promoted, which means I get to level 101. What? Nice. I just reached level 100 today. Do you get a star? You do get a star. So if you see anyone with two stars, that's 200. Three or four, that's 400. They've been just playing <laughs> So you're about to prestige, Jesus. I am. Oh, prestige. Oh, I like that's that. Crazy. That's what they call that's it. Well, the Call of Duty term. Yeah, prestige and Call of Duty. Wow. That's crazy. So you get promoted. Yeah. In Overwatch. Yes. Congrats. That's I just awesome. That today too. So. Congrats on your promotion. <laughs> just, I'm not there yet. Oh. But I'll get there. But you're real close. Yes. By the time this launches, you will yes. have been promoted. <laughs> so are you playing anything narrative driven right now or just uh, Overwatch? No, yeah. Uh, I started Dishonored 2 and then uh, Zelda Breath of the Wild came. And so I stopped that to start that and i'm also playing co-op through dark souls 2 with a friend of mine ah how is the dark souls 2 going it's it's progressing (laughs) i don't know okay so dark souls 2 i don't think i love it as a dark souls game there are a lot of problems with it uh especially compared to dark souls 3 but I like playing cooperatively. Like mm-hmm. I'm having fun going through the motions with my friend. But as far as like level design and spatial design and how it treats its world different than Dark Souls 1, I don't know if I'm into. <laughs> well, it's like as someone who didn't really put that much into Dark Souls 1, Dark Souls 2 was like such a accessible entry into the 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 franchise yeah. so like two has a special place in my heart but oh right now like i mean yeah i've played through two twice now and um dark souls three is like just 
Killing it. It's so good. I think I like what Dark Souls 1 and 3 do. And I didn't really play a lot of Dark Souls 1. I think you probably got further than me in that. I'm not sure, actually. I really, really phoned it in on that one. I've I've watched enough <laughs> Let's Plays and speed runs of it to know that game pretty much <laughs> by yeah. heart. But um, what uh, Miyazaki did with those is that he kind of built his levels on top of each other. So even if you're one level you can get to the top you can always get back to the bottom what dark souls 2 does is it builds its levels out wide Mm -hmm. so it's just a lot of wide flat spaces and it kind of gets boring and then there's a lot of weird transition areas where you could be in one example is the um the level where it's uh windmills and poison and then you go into an elevator and suddenly you're at the iron keep which is all lava yeah and it's like wait how are these places next to each other? Like the, yeah, it's a rough transition. Yeah. (laughs) It's very reminiscent of like, uh, old Nintendo games where it's like this levels, the ice level and this levels, the The fire level. And they're right Right. next to each other. And it doesn't matter because they're just new stages. But what dark souls, you know, established was like, this is a interconnected world. So like I've heard, um, defense about it being like timey whiny or spacey wacy sort of ideas of like your character has like amnesia and he doesn't know like where he is so that's why everything is a little confused to him mm. in your perception but i that feels a little retconny it's, it does yeah. it f- doesn't feel like yeah <laughs> <laughs> can't get behind that yeah so what's your favorite game of all time oh, well geez how about you <laughs> did you guys answer this i don't <laughs> so, want to ease you well, into it well, well we, we can give him time to think on that one no so satine what it are has you has to be the first one that comes to your mind right well yeah. i don't know I the first <laughs> when you asked me this because i was told this before i have one uh it's i can't say it's of all time it's the first thing that came to my mind which was Ninja Turtles 2, the arcade game <laughs> for oh. the Nintendo Entertainment System. Oh, yeah. It's a that classic. Fun. Yeah. That is classic. It is a classic. What's yours, Rob? Do you have one? All Mine's time? Like, yeah. Uh, probably Super Metroid. Or Ooh, Super Metroid is that, so good. Or this was a Portal. Question. Like that or Portal. There are one. a lot of besties. I guess you would have to go by genre, but. Yeah. But um, like off the top of my head, those are usually my two. Yeah. Mine would be um, Uncharted 2. Of all time. Of all time. I could play that game over and over again. It is by far the best of the series. Mm-hmm. Oh, that last boss. <laughs> I hate that Okay, one. the last boss, yes. That was that was the nail in the coffin. Although, but... I don't know if Uncharted has ever had a really great final boss. I don't know if any of the four did. Yeah, this, the new one wasn't that great either. Oh, yeah. The sword fight? No, no thanks. I'm... I like it when their last bosses are just run up to the character and it's a cutscene like yeah. they did in one and three, I want to say. Your quick time events kind of stuff instead. Yeah, pretty much. You're just trying to get to the end and then it's like, you made it. Here is your movie ending. Yeah. Whereas like with two, it was just dude throwing grenades everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're basically just running from him and hoping to shoot behind you yeah. at any point in the game. Well, that still, it has, you know, because... I like Chloe, and she's awesome, and I don't think there should be video games without Chloe. (laughs) She should be in everything? Yeah. (laughs) Don't you look at me like that. (laughs) Maybe PlayStation All-Stars 2. You bitch. (laughs) Are you looking forward to um, Lost Legacy? Yeah, of course. I mean, I love the Uncharted series. Um, 
but of all time, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I have three. If ever I think about it, it's always three. It's always Uncharted 2, Mass Effect 2, and mm. Final Fantasy Tactics. Those are the ones I always love the most. I, I would say... over and over. Yeah, for me, Mass Effect and Uncharted 2, or Mass Effect 2 and Uncharted 2 are my favorites of that generation. Uh-huh. I would probably even put it like Red Dead Redemption in there. But Ooh, I don't the know. The new one's coming out. Yeah, two is coming out this year, mm-hmm. uh, allegedly. But yeah, but usually rocks. Well, no. Rockstar. <laughs> no, they yeah, don't. yeah, they don't totally stick to it. Yeah, never mind. But <laughs> but they could stick to it. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> so, well, Satine, what are you playing right now? I'm still playing Mass Effect Andromeda and Street Fighter Five. Any new developments? Anything? I mean, Street Fighter Five. I'm you know. starting to get real good at. Even though I'm not good, I'm getting like I probably like did 125 percent better than I did last week. So that's a lot for me. Who's your character? Uh, I because I'm an old soul. I like to stick with Chung Li. Mm. But if I had to choose someone else, in Bison. Okay. Yeah. I. I mean, I haven't played Street Fighter Five. I spent too much money on Street Fighter 4 and barely played it when I bought like the ultimate edition that came with the the stick, the joystick. Oh. Yeah, and I think I played it 3 times and my wife got upset with me cuz it was too much clacking. <laughs> oh yeah, arcade, arcade sticks are not quiet. And I was <laughs> also trying to make T-Hawk my favorite character. <laughs> Oh, I remember T-Hawk. He was like the Zangief of the new generation. Yes. Because he was introduced in the... Um, the new the Alpha, Yeah, the right? new Challengers for no. Super Street. Street Fighter 2. Yes. Oh, that's right. Yeah, he came with along Cammy. with what? Cammy Faylong. And... Uh, Shit, there was another one. Yes. Oh, Jamaica. You... Yes. Oh, my yeah, God. Yeah, it was like the big pants. Big yes. pants. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Brainiacs over here. We can't remember his I name. I don't know, but I was all about Faylong. <laughs> yeah. Faylong was cool. Yeah. He was I very vocal, like but I like because him. he's, I don't know, he's kind of a terrible character. <laughs> Wasn't his name TJ or something like no. that? T or J something? I know, we gotta look that I'm up. I'm gonna look this up because I think we're gonna go crazy, and I'm sure anyone who knows is screaming at their devices right oh, now. Yeah. like, come yeah. on, you guys! Yeah. <sighs> also, we, know, we know who they are, too. Yeah. <laughs> Us Dales don't have the, the brain power to remember anything. Yeah, thanks, Dad and Mom. <laughs> Great genetics over here. <laughs> I've literally started DJ. Watching. Oh, it was DJ. I was so close. And it was spelled out though, D E E J A Y. Yeah. DJ. But I was thinking T E E G J A Y. So I was yeah, almost there. You're close. Yeah. You were yeah. just mixing T Hawk and DJ yeah. to become TJ. And my ex. And there's that. <laughs> I, I feel like we just created a, a, a ship a, there, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm I'm uh, fully on into Dark Souls 3's final DLC. I pushed Whoa. Andromeda aside because you said that was really tough too. Oh my god, it is like wonderfully fucked up. Like <laughs> um, the the thing that I I sort of feel like they're doing is they recognize this is the last DLC and allegedly it's the end of the Souls series right. for now, mm-hmm. and it just feels like they were like you know this is the end. We're just gonna throw everything we've got at you. Here we go. Um, and, uh, like one example of, you know, and this is kind of what Souls games do, but this one just seemed especially punishing. Um, it throws like 
this new enemy type at you that's a big guy. Like, if you are a normal person, this guy would be hitting the ceiling in any room you're in. Mm. Just big guy, right. huge sword uh, or blade, and um, one hit can knock off probably about 70% of your health, so mm-hmm. two hits and you're toast. And um, you learn to deal with them and take them out because it, it throws one of them at you at a time. And you're just like, okay, I got this. I can figure out how to fight this guy. And then later on the level, you get, you know, another one. Right. And then later it introduces this new character, which is like a little lady with like a shell that like can cast an area of effect attack that comes from beneath you. So you just sort of keep moving whenever right, right. they're attacking. Uh-huh. And um, so you learn to deal with them. Then in like the next area, there's a giant stairway with six of those big guys and people causing the ground to be a problem for you. And you're just like... Okay, so we went from, like, zero to a hundred here. Like, what the fuck, game? Uh, but, wow. like, you once you get through it, though, of course, I mean, eventually I just was sprinting past people to get to the next bonfire. Right. I was just like, we need to get through this. Yeah, um, and maybe that's what they're trying to teach you. Like, you don't have to... You don't have it. to clear it out, yeah. Um, but it's so far, it's great. I just finished my second mandatory boss of it. Okay. I think there are four bosses and then one bonus boss that's a huge update it's a big dlc thing yeah it's got what sort of like two very distinct locations maybe three it's it's pretty big cool and it's fucking hard but it's great and i'm really excited to get back into it and i'll be very sad when it's over yeah and I'm not, Aww. and I'm not going to make it last. My goal is to kind of finish it tonight if I can. Oh yeah, nice. yeah. Well, I, I heard it's actually not too long. I, once I kind of got over that one like big wall that it threw at me, it got much more doable. Cool. But um, also though, you know, I'm a big fan of playing with randos, so I do play with support. Right. Um, and I like going into other people's games as a matter of recon to sort of learn the level with no real risk to me. If I die, well. Sorry, I was a it's shitty helper. Strategy. Yeah, it's like, sorry, I was a shitty helper, yeah. but I got a bunch of souls while I was at it. Yeah. Like, one night, I ended with 1.3 million souls. Jeez. Whoa. It was yeah. really, really, it was a good run. Wow. As Magneto says in X-Men The Last Stand, is that the one, the third one? I would never be able to quote he got, he says, any of those. In pawn, oh no, in pawn. <laughs> in chess, the pawns go first. <laughs> Which, I tend to make myself a bit of a pawn so I can learn the level. I thought you were going to quote Magneto from the X-Men six-player game, Welcome to Die. Yeah. Welcome and, to Die. And that actually sums up Dark Souls pretty well. I think that they probably workshopped that. Instead of Prepare to Die, they were like, Welcome to Die? No, that'll never work. <laughs> That's a good hashtag, though. Welcome, Welcome to, to Die. die. <laughs> Seriously, like, the only two sound bites I will ever remember from that that arcade game are like welcome to die and oh yes <laughs> just because that's all colossus does <laughs> yeah 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 although i guess there is just the uh you know the the opening song where you hear that looping x-men x-men <laughs> <laughs> so good so are there any um games you're looking forward to coming out in the near future oh yes i'm definitely looking forward to injustice 2 oh uh, yeah you can pull out the fight stick and clack away yeah, I actually sold the fight stick. <laughs> Which would have been great for me because I kind of want to use the fight stick on Street Fighter. Well, it's like I have a fight stick for the Xbox One, and I realized most of my fighting games, ever since Killer Instinct, I've bought on PS4. Mm-hmm. And so I'm I'm considering, I mean, it's a Mad Cat stick. May they rest yes. in peace. Right. I remember those. Um, well, and like they're good fight sticks. And of course, Mad Cat's just declared bankruptcy last week which is a uh, bummer um 
And, uh, but I know that a lot of those are kind of built to be customized. So Mm -hmm. I'm kind of hoping I can take it to like a mom and pop video game shop and either get it to be like a dual boot kind of fight stick or maybe convert it. But thing is, I got it for Killer Instinct and I do love me some Killer Instinct. Mm. But have you been, have you played the new season? Yeah. Anything of the new? A little bit, not a lot. Um, Killer Instinct is kind of that game where like I haven't totally committed to it just because I mean fighting games you're, you're either like pro level or you're yeah. you're me. Uh, That's how I feel with just, Street Fighter. Yeah, it's sort hard of to just, be casual. Yeah, you're sort of just button mashing a lot of times. Um, Killer Instinct is that game that I tend to fire up when I'm like, oh, I'm at seventy percent of this download is done, and I want to play this new game. So well, you know, well, I want to turn off the system, and I don't really feel like firing up Netflix. So yeah, I'll play a couple rounds of Killer Instinct while this download finishes. It's like me and Overwatch. It's like I got twenty minutes to kill. I'll do a round of Overwatch. Exactly. Like it's it's those those are really great sort of just you know quick match kind of games. Yeah, I don't have an Xbox One, and I don't have a PC that would run Killer Instinct. But I do love the way that they implemented the music into sort of the combos oh, and how it yes. builds. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's cool. Uh, that's so amazing. Yeah, they made the ultras a very musical experience. It's so impressive. I think I, every <laughs> game should do that. It's really cool. Well, of course, and like the the big reason why I got into the new Killer Instinct in the first place was because if you bought the Ultra Edition, you got uh, the original arcade mm-hmm. Killer Instinct, which I loved on Super Nintendo. Yes, but actually getting like a true arcade emulator with all the FMVs, oh, I love it because that is one of the few arcade games I can play all the way through, start to finish. It not is beautiful. Not on one quarter, but like right. I can at least I can beat Idol. On the arcade machine. And they never brought Killer Instinct 2, right? They did, actually. Oh, they did? Season, oh, okay. season 2, if you bought the Ultra That's Edition, cool. yeah, you got KI2. Yeah. Which, that game is a little rougher on the edges. I feel it has mm-hmm. not aged as well as the first one. It's kind of like the decline of, what, the rendered character sort of sprites? Yeah. Because it, it definitely, they went, like, super detailed on them. Because, yeah, the originals are, are very simple 3D models R- flattened. And then, then in Killer Instinct 2, they were just like, let's add a bunch of detail to them. And they just look a little, uh, they're a little too noisy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. They look almost like uh, malformed clay sometimes. Kind of like uh, Primal, Primal, in, Rage. Primal Rage gone wrong a oh, little God, bit. Yeah. And Primal Rage 2 just got released. I well, at least. What? Yeah. In an emulation or an emulated version. How many years has passed? Oh, few twenty something exactly. Yeah, well, it's been circulating, but it seems now that they actually got a working ROM, so you can you can play it. Not all the characters, I think their their fatalities fatalities don't work. Not all of them, but it's playable. And it's and it's weird. And that one's weird because you play as humans and then you morph into the primal forms. You play as humans, and yeah, the dinosaurs are like their god forms, but the humans are as big as the dinosaurs when you're playing as them. Yeah, it's very strange. That is weird. (laughs) But it is it's beautifully animated. Well, and because yeah, those are all claymation. Those were like practically shot. Yes. It's it's uh, crazy if you watch it how smooth it looks. But. Remember that game Clay is a fighting Clay game. Clay Fighter. Okay. Yeah. Clay Fighter. <laughs> Which I one? Uh, the first one. Let's start there. the Super Nintendo one. Yeah. Oh yeah. That was pretty dope. It was kind of and then the... Judgment Clay and then God, thirty three and a third. Seriously, like they just went or, straight no, sixty three and a third. Yeah, because because yeah, for sixty the N sixty four right. Ah. Yeah. Uh, 
Yeah, they uh, Judgment Clay. They I totally for forgotten it. about that one. <laughs> well, it's like in a weird fight. Do you guys ever play Balls? Yeah. Well, yes. Yeah, on Sega. I played uh, it on it was... 3DO. Oh. Which was nice because it actually was like full 3D kind of on that one. Like the replays were so fun to watch because you could spin the camera like an asshole. Doesn't it just yell balls at you when you win or like on the screen? I don't remember. But it's seriously, like with a name like... Yep. It was yeah. so extreme in 90s. It could not have been yeah. more 90s. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Balls with a Z. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> So, um, just a little thing just to follow up on what I've talked about before about me with video game soundtracks. I was curious, Travis, are, I know you do some soundtracks from Mondo. I do. You know, a lot of the eighties tastic, you know, synthy horror. I know you love. Yes. Have you been doing any of their video game stuff now that they have a deal with Konami? I haven't. I kind of stopped buying a lot of the video game soundtracks um i want to say the last one i picked up was death stranding obviously it was not your retro game no it's a a gorgeous record though but um but yeah yes i have not picked up any of the castlevanias um i I love castlevania one and never really played well never played two or three really you never played Simon's Quest? No. It's, I put a lot of time into Simon's Quest, but never really made a whole lot of progress, because that game is ambiguous as hell. Yeah, we owned the first Castlevania, but never played any of the others. Uh, I thought we played, we rented Simon's Quest. It was very difficult. Well, it's like Simon's but Quest and three, 3, I always rented. Mm. Yeah, but. I remember it starts outdoors of the castle, or... Or yeah, they, it's almost like Gresham looking or well, something like that. It's It actually is kind of similar to one, at least at the beginning. But then it, oh. it it's a game that has like, what, split paths and multiple characters. Yeah, you have like a HUD, mm. a town that you go oh, into. That's right. Yeah. So, um, wow. yeah, my three just arrived. But with it was a flyer uh, and also like on the, the little um, strip that's on the outside of it. They do like a paper sort of strip now advertising yes. future titles. Uh-huh. Uh, Super Castlevania. For Super Nintendo, uh-huh. um, the original Contra. Okay, oh, I would nice. not. Okay, there's. I'll get that because like, I bought Alien Wars as well, and right. but like I was waiting for the original Contra, and this spring Silent Hill. No, I'm so excited. I'm like, Scary. They are doing some good Konami the Silent releases. Silent Hill soundtrack is like the best horror game soundtrack. Well, and like it's that same composer that ended up doing the music for. I know one of. Our favorites from a couple years ago, oh, yes, Shadows yeah. of the Damned. Yes, underappreciated. Oh my God, I remember that game? Totally underappreciated. Was it was I wonderful. Yeah, yeah. Is that the one with the skull that yes. floats around? Mm-hmm. Uh, he's yeah. your Johnson. Yeah, he's your Johnson. Guy. Yeah. I beat that game. You didn't beat it though, did you? Yes, I did. Yeah, you did. Oh, I'm sure yeah. I let you borrow it. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> yeah, Garcia Hotspur in his, in his purple jacket. His hot yeah. boner was it? Big boner. Oh his yes, big boner. <laughs> I love that game so much. <laughs> Seriously, anyone out there that uh, hasn't played that, you should grab it. I think it's backward compatible on Xbox One. Go get it. It's great. Nice. Yes, it's amazing. Or buy a PlayStation 3 and buy it. Yeah, if you have a PS3 still, get it. It's uh, it's so good. Well, because it's Suda51, and yes. I love him. I'm super excited about the Silver Case coming out in April, which is an early Suda51 game. Yeah, it's like a visual novel. Um, yeah so that'll be interesting yeah i'm i'm i already i I think i pre-ordered that i'm really excited about playing early suda stuff i would love a remaster of killer seven you know i've never played killer seven but it 
looks amazing. I think I got into Suda like No More Heroes era. Okay, yeah, it's equally crazy. Yeah. Um, the uh, like I I have Killer Seven for the GameCube. I don't know if you have anything that could play that. I have a GameCube. If if you want <laughs> if you want to play it, I will totally loan you Killer Seven because it's it's batshit nuts. I was in college when I played it, and I had no idea that a game could have that sort of style and attitude it's real weird how i would be interested to see how the controls work because i watched some like let's plays and it's like on rails but it is choose your own adventure and it's is... it's on rails where like you hold a button to run and then right. whenever you get to a branch you press which direction you want to go if you hear an enemy you stop yeah or... you, like you yeah like you can stop just by letting go of the button and then you um I think hold a button to go into first person perspective. And then you have to like hit a button to sort of flash and refresh it to see these invisible enemies. Right. And they're just coming <laughs> at you. It's real strange. Um, but like, to be honest, like I think I only played through like the first two levels cause it gets really hard, but oh, the first level is worth playing anyway, just so you can get an idea of what that game throws at you. It's really, it's a game I've always admired, but never played. But it didn't look like anything else I'd ever seen right. at the time. Because it's not cel-shaded, but it's this very, like, it's almost kind of like an update of um, Out of This World or Flashback. Oh, yes. And uh-huh. it's, it's almost fractally in that it's yeah. got those it's heavy... Like low-poly sort of Yeah, flat. light and shadow kind of, you know, it's a lot of shadow play. Fade to black, I think, also. Mm. Oh my god, fade to black. <laughs> I totally forgot about that thing. But yeah. Crazy. So to kind of change gears a little bit, I'm just going to bring up a little bit of news that's happening. Um, The developer uh, We Happy Few and Compulsion Games is working on films like... I literally had that on my list to talk about. I'm I'm real excited about that. (laughs) Uh, Life is Strange, Sonic the Hedgehog, and Sleeping Dogs. And We Happy Few. I'm really excited about all those movies. Or not all those movies. I'm excited about Sleeping Dogs and We Happy Few. (laughs) We'll leave it there. Life is Strange could be good, though, assuming they cut out all the hellas. That game says hella way too much. You know, Pacific Northwest. It's all about the hella. No, make it stop. You start in NorCal, and then you go up, and it's all hella. (laughs) Make it stop. (laughs) (laughs) Ugh. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that being more of a series rather than a movie but it could be an okay indie film i guess yeah because yeah it's i'm real, i'm kind of curious on that one because like the game is yeah it it it, it worked, leaned into its episodic nature real well yes so yeah i'm kind of curious how they would handle that well i had a news thingy also uh that was just kind of a oh, slightly personal but um fun to talk about uh a trailer came out for a little known you know, movie based on a book no one's read called It. Yes! Um, and um, it was actually a trailer made by the company I work for. What? Yay! And um, I did not have any hand in it, though, because I don't work theatrical. It's so good. But um, yeah, the trailer was uh, edited by um, one of our editors who did the Texas Chainsaw remake trailer oh, that was no. so good in like 2003. No, that's a trailer. I love that trailer yes. so much. And, um, he's, oh my god, yeah, that was an amazing trailer. He's done a lot of kind of formative trailers, and um, he did the It trailer. And um, it has broken some worldwide records for online viewership for a movie trailer. Wow. In the first 24 hours, it uh, was 
viewed 197 million times worldwide. Jeez. The... I think that's the power of Tim Curry. I contributed right? <laughs> to six of those times. Like the uh, the second highest is Fate of the Furious, I think, with 160. Haven't seen it. M- me neither. <laughs> and then like to give another little bit of perspective, Star Wars and its uh, Force Awakens in its first 24 hours, 112 million. Okay. So it has somehow done way more than Star Wars in 24 hours, which is... Fucking crazy. That's really exciting for a horror yeah. film. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm, when was the last time a horror film, except maybe The Ring, got this many people excited? Well, and I, I wonder if it'll translate to people, you know, to asses in the seats in the theater when it comes out. I think one thing that makes this trailer so, uh, that got its numbers so high uh, online, is that even people who will never see the movie, who watch the trailer and just straight up went, nope, uh, they watch <laughs> yeah, the trailer. That's my roommate. Yeah, yeah they watch the trailer and then they shared it because it yeah. is a palatable yet scary trailer. I showed it to my roommate and when Pennywise comes from the sewer <laughs> to um, say hi to Georgie, he screamed so loud, I think he broke my ear. <laughs> my my mom called me and because uh, I, I posted it on my Facebook and she literally called me and she was like, I screamed at the end of the trailer and Paul came running downstairs. Oh, yeah. Her husband came running downstairs to make sure everything was okay. And, That's amazing. Uh, and so, like, yeah, uh, well done, Bill, on that trailer. Yay, Bill! That shit is crazy. That's amazing. And, of course, you know, I am obsessed with the original Stephen King's it. Of course, Tim Curry is Pennywise yeah. in the original. And I used to have a crush on one of the um, child actors because, I mean, it's from, when would that come out? 1990. Oh, 90. So, yeah. Ooh, I developed young. Which, <laughs> uh, which, which actor? Oh, Seth Green. God. Was it Seth Green or Jonathan Brandis? Those jo- oh, Jonathan Brandis. Yeah. Obsessed. <laughs> yeah, that's, I loved him. Sad ending on him. Yeah. Um, I loved him in Neverending Story 2 also. And Sequest. Ladybugs. And yes. Le- <gasps> Ladybugs with Rodney Danger. Yeah, his name is Martha. Oh my God. Uh, I got to watch that again. But yeah, We like, used to love that movie, huh, Travis? Yes. <laughs> and with all the it talk, I've been, um, I finally started reading the book because I've never read it. So I'm very excited about you're that. you're on page 16 out of 400,007. <laughs> it's a big book. Yeah, well. It'll go through a lot of history. Well, and yeah, so far. Well, and the nice thing is um, I love. Whoa, God. Uh, as I nearly <laughs> knock something over. Uh, I love the wonders of technology and that like um, I'm reading it on the Kindle. Uh-huh. And uh, I bought it on Kindle for like 10 bucks. And I added the audible narration to it for, I think, 12. Okay. So for 22 bucks. Um, the nice thing is I can read it on the Kindle, and then as soon as I'm done reading, like say I'm getting in a car, I can fire up the Kindle. The it'll sync it to where the audiobook knows exactly where I stopped reading, and right. it picks up from there, and then it just hands off back to the book when I'm done. And so between reading, you know, with my eyes and reading with my ears, I've gotten through like almost a hundred pages in the last like day, which has awesome. been nice. I only have to do that. 14 more times and I'll be done because the paper, wow. the paperback has been reformatted to the point where it is nearly 1500 pages. Well, you have time. Yeah. Cause the hardcover is only 1200, but the paperback got reformatted. Hmm. So it's quite a bit of pages. Yeah. That's like more than the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> and see, I read the stand, which is only like a thousand, uh, never read all. it though. Just, yeah, just, just a thousand. thousand. It's like 17 <laughs> Harry Potter books. And you <laughs> also okay. read all the Dark Tower. So yeah, that adds up. Yeah. <laughs> when you read all seven of those. 
Although they added the eighth one, which I have not read yet. So, or it's like technically book like four and a half, I think. I think it takes place between four and five. Okay. I don't know. I need to, I, I bought it. I just haven't read it. I've been bad on my Stephen King reading. Well, what, what um, video games would you like to see being made into a movie? Oh, Jesus. Any thoughts? Into a movie. That- I kind of want to see Uncharted as one, but then I'm like, well, that's mm-hmm. kind of happening. Yeah. It's kind of yeah, happening. But now I'm kind of scared. Well, and those are actually pretty movie like already, at least. Yeah. So I feel like what else, kind of like what happened with um, Assassin's Creed. It's like the game's already very movie like. Why do you need a movie? Yeah. Is it for the people who don't play the game? They can also experience it? Yes. Of course. Yes. <laughs> That's it? Probably. Did I get it? Or um, do I win? The, <laughs> the movie I'd like to see, I guess, would be. Um, half-life okay i need something in the half-life world and i don't know if we're ever gonna get half-life 3 well aren't they making a movie in that universe are they abrams and uh and gabe newell yeah i did not know that bad Bad robot is working with valve i would be totally on board for that i think it's supposed to be in the universe but not an adaptation of portal or half-life that's cool because I, I know they had the you know they, they talked uh, but you know everyone talks years and, ago yeah and yeah and jj abrams a very is a very busy man he's very busy he gets a lot done i could see well it's bioshock would be cool but that already that sort of came and went yeah that died on the vine that was supposed to be a gore verbinski jam yes. I would kind of want to see um, a Metroid, but in oh. in in the style of a Aliens movie, like it's mm. actually kind of scary. Yeah, that would be really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that I would, would watch be that. Cool, because they do have a really cool short film on YouTube. You could search like Metroid short film, and it's beautiful, but not much happens. Well, and it's probably a fan film, right? And it's a fan film, yeah. But it was pretty. Yeah, nice. Yeah. I could see them rebooting the new a new Resident Evil to be based off the new Resident Evil Seven. I would be. I, I nearly More said. Roots. I nearly style. said I could have a Resident Evil movie, and I realized, oh wait, there is like seven of them, and they're kind of terrible. So I could uh, I could use a good one. Yes. Yeah. Just like with the video games, they became terrible, and and now they they're re- back. They reinvented themselves. It came back and got so good. I still haven't played it. Oh my god! I'm terrified. It is. <laughs> It's so scary. good and so scary. You're talking to someone who got scared of playing the Ghostbusters video game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be a good live podcast. Rob could watch us just switch off with the VR playing Resident Evil 7. Hell no. Oh, man. I can't even handle Jurassic Park. Ooh, that would be scary in VR. I am looking nope. forward to that. I think I sent you or told you about it, the VR bundle that has Dread Halls coming to PlayStation. And oh, Dread- I don't think I knew about that, actually. Yeah, it's like five... Plus VR games, you know, very um, when uh, VR was first announced for like the Vive and the Oculus, a lot of indie developers were creating stuff. And it's kind of those like very um, what's the word signature VR games Mm -hmm. that started the VR process and Dread Halls, which we, Satine and I, were watching YouTube videos of people getting scared of. Oh my god, that was so good. It's Let's... the one where you're looking down the corridor of a castle and like the statue of the gargoyle yeah. keeps moving. Yeah, <laughs> I, so I played a, scary. I played a little bit of Dread Halls on Oculus right when we got it at the office. 
And it was one of the games that actually made me a little queasy, which bummed me out. I think I watched oh, TJ play Dreadhawk. Because that's when, that was just like when it was, your, your movement was your movement. So it was like Doom controls. You just walk. Oh, yeah. So I could see that. Yeah, yeah. that's scary. Because like Resident Evil 7, I feel, is one of the first games where like you actually, you know, you use a thumbstick to walk and it didn't make me have that disconnect. Yeah. When I was playing um, Here They Lie, Mm. uh i think well they had you just go you you move how you move it, it was it played like a video game you can look around it wasn't like the degrees of it flashing so. oh yeah yeah like the the steppy sort of yeah 30 degree turn right to sort of just refresh your mind um and i never got sick but i definitely got hot like my mm. body temperature would rise and i would physically like sweat because I don't I think get my hot flashes too. <laughs> my brain can comprehend exactly the movement that I was seeing versus me not physically doing. Yeah, that makes sense. But they did yeah. they did patch it, so I do think it has that degree now. I think a lot of games are going to do that because Resident Evil was so successful. Yeah, like Resident Evil's locomotion is real good. Because um, yeah, like normally I need that sort of teleport effect, right. and um, and yeah, Resident Evil was a smooth walking thing that worked, and that can't work a lot with a horror game if you're trying to figure out where you need to teleport yourself when someone's chasing you yeah that would not work uh, so they did a good job with that i kind of wonder if vr is going to come to outlast 2 when that comes out did you play the demo uh no i downloaded it i'm afraid to play it you should play the demo. Do it. outlast 1 upset it, me a lot it terrified <laughs> me but it got to a point where i just said Fuck it. I was just <laughs> running. Because <laughs> it leads up a very like theme park-esque sort of intro where it's showing you scary things, but nothing's really doing anything to you. It's a lot of jump scares and visual effects, but then it opens up and I was just like, I'm just going to run and whatever. I <laughs> And then I died and I was like, I'm done. Don't look, don't look, don't look. I'm done with the demo. Amazing. Yeah, I know a game is is really either very scary or very bad. If as soon as I die for the first time, I'm like, well, that was fun and I'm done now. Yeah. <laughs> like that Deadly Premonition was the thing where like I played until I died and I was like, all right, I think I'm done here just because it wasn't very good. Yeah. Uh, although I do keep meaning to replay that just because apparently the director's cut of it on PS3 is less terrible. Yeah. Question mark. I did play. I did purchased the director's cut and started playing it two years ago and it's it's playable it's just it's a very archaic sort of structure so it's open world but doesn't really help you out and mm. i don't know i got to a point where i had to drive somewhere and the driving controls were crap and <laughs> i kind of just stopped playing <laughs> nice well, yeah I haven't played it. <laughs> what else is new? Um, I must say, back to the movies, that one of my guilty pleasures is uh, Mario Brothers, the movie. Remember I saw that. that? <laughs> I saw it for the first time about two years ago. No way. Yeah, first time we saw ever. It theater. We saw well, it in theaters. And that was a movie where I remembered, like, we tried so hard. Like, I think I was, my, my grandmother, uh, like, my mom was always working, and so my grandmother... Uh, always kind of drove me everywhere and we always I saw movies with her and stuff I was really uh, close with her and um, Mario Brothers was one of those movies that like we kept trying to go see and I think we were just never at the theater at the right time uh -huh. or um, it, like at the beginning especially it was sold out and it just we never had a chance 
And then it left the theater. And then I just never, I never rented it. I never did anything. And then um, I finally saw it, yeah, like two years ago. I think I live tweeted it because it was an experience. Yeah, what'd you think about it? Oh, man. (laughs) It's so, it's very unique. It is such an interesting take on how someone could visualize the Mushroom Kingdom yeah. <laughs> for a 90s audience. It's like a post-apocalyptic it's kind of Mad Maxy Blade Runner. kind of yeah. Blade Runner. Yeah. Because I don't want to say it's bad. It just feels like they took one seed of an idea and ran with it, possibly in the wrong direction. Yes. And like but they ran hard with oh, it. Oh, yeah. Like, they, they owned it. They were yeah. just like, we are going fully into it. Like, so weird. Yes. I it's one of those yeah. like yeah. I I can't say it's a bad movie either even though it is a bad movie. Yeah. Because it's so interesting. Yeah, I don't want to say it's like a, fa- it's... a complete failure. It's not necessarily true to its source, but it's so remarkable in what it became. Yeah, in it, the, it's, its own way. It's how did you come up with this idea? Like I just want to know the creative process to take this thing that was so on paper easy to understand even though if it physically didn't make sense why a plumber would be in a fantasy world to save a princess against a turtle dinosaur yeah and change that into a sort of upside down uh universe of manhattan as dino hatton and it's a blade runner sort of society where king koopa is like an organized crime leader he's and he's a president. Yeah. Oh God. Yes. Yeah. The president. And and you need to trust the fungus. Yes. Yeah. When I was when I first saw it, I was very underwhelmed because I was like, "Where are the damn dinosaurs?" I mean, you get Yoshi, which is cool. You did get Yoshi. But um, I was like, "But nobody looks like the game." Yeah. And as a kid, you're like, "Why are they all humans?" But now, as I go back and watch it, now I appreciate it. I'm like, oh, this is genius. <laughs> it still doesn't make sense. Like, no. It doesn't make sense, but it's fun. The Goombas being giants with tiny heads. and I think Goomba. Toad being like a hippie sort of street rat oh, guy. that's right. My, I think my favorite thing is that sort of uh, hyper-sexualized black woman yes, who has the- Big Bertha. Who has like the, the, the boots. Yeah. Like she has the jumping boots. And so that's oh, that's Big Bertha. Like, oh, the fish. The fish? Yes. Re- uh, I did not realize. I didn't put two and two together. Because, yeah, she is forward. Right. And she, like, I, I found her fascinating. Like, although it is, I, I, I'm guessing she probably came first, but she reminds me a lot of the Pine Saw lady. Yes. Oh, I yeah. I see that. And so I kept thinking it was her. And I was like, oh, my God, the Pine Saw lady was in a movie. Not her. Yeah, it's it's a weird movie. It's like they said, "Hey, let's take Total Recall and Blade Runner and and make that in a movie that is technically for kids." <laughs> <laughs> yes, technically. <laughs> so weird. And yeah, and we'll make these uh these two brother characters, one Bob Hoskins, one clearly Latino. Yes, Italian. Yeah, yeah, these two Italian like, and I'd buy Bob Hoskins as Italian. He maybe I buy, I buy him as Mario. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know if I if I buy Mario as Italian very often. That's true, right? But yeah, but it you was, have a crush on him too. Yeah, he was he was crushworthy. Mario? Yeah, no, Bob, uh, Bob Hoskins. <laughs> okay, oh, back in the right. day, yeah, he's yes. he's kind of crushworthy. Mm-hmm. So actually, that takes us into what a perfect segue. Look at you. <laughs> 
Go for it. Um, Crush of the week, 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 week. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, we haven't talked about this character in a while, I don't think, but it just it's, he's, he's on my list. Joel from The Last of Us. Mm. Oh my God, I love Joel. He's such How a has lovely he not man. Been one? I don't, we've been busy. He's so hot. There's a lot of game characters. He's a rugged man. (laughs) Well, and it's it's so interesting. I remember like playing the game and seeing him as you know young dad Joel, and I was like, hello, (laughs) young dad Joel is hot. (laughs) And then you get to like grizzled Joel, and and, like holy shit, daddy Joel is even hotter. (laughs) Amazing. Like seriously, because like Nathan Drake is lovely and all, but Joel. Yeah, I, Joel kind of looks like what Nathan Drake would be if he was more of a rugged character. Yeah, they kind of maybe, have that same yeah. kind of. I just get too much Nathan Fillion out of Nathan Drake. Yeah, <laughs> yeah well, he's just so quippy, yeah. you know. And yeah, just because totally. that he is a little bit more of a pretty boy, even even Uncharted Four, when he gets a little bit more haggard, like he's still pretty pretty. He's pretty compared yeah, to Joel, a, yeah. who's always kind of been a man. Yeah. Joel's a man, but you could tell he takes care of business. <laughs> he manscapes. Yeah. Well, he did probably. Not yeah. not 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 old reason. man Joel. No. Yeah. Old man Joel doesn't. No. <laughs> so how's it about you, Satine? Uh my crush well, let's do Travis's. Okay. Okay. Uh yeah. So my crush, I guess, for this podcast <laughs> we'll probably have you back but you know uh is widowmaker from overwatch ah yeah. she's blue and she's french <laughs> and she just got a statue of her created nice and it's awesome that's i have a hard time separating her look and character from the fact that uh, whoever plays as her always kills me yeah well i don't play as her <laughs> and i suck as any sniper but yeah me too i don't know her look I'm all about it. <laughs> yeah, and her alternate costumes are also really cool. Yeah? Yeah. Well, she is by far, like, the most, like, I guess, vampy yes. of all the, the female characters yeah, in Overwatch. Yeah, she's very smooth. Yeah. I'd say Sombra is a close second to vampy look, even though it's more cyberpunk vamp. Yeah. But, yeah. Very yeah, nice. I want to be good with Widowmaker, but, yeah, being a sniper is not easy. Well, if I'm going to be good with anybody, I'd rather it be Hanzo, but well, even then, I'm fucking uh, terrible as Hanzo. Yeah, no, seriously, like but it's... people who are good with Hanzo are a bullseye. Assholes. Yeah, exactly. Like I love Hanzo because he's nice to look at, but anyone who plays as him is kind of the worst. Uh, Genji's yeah. getting that way, or is also that way. But well, you know, they got the familial brothers, blood. Yeah, so... they're they're both they're both just terrible. How's about you? I uh, Alucard from uh, Castlevania oh. Symphony of the Night. He... Dracula backwards. Oh. oh, shut it down. And you also <laughs> turn the castle upside down in the game. What? Well, isn't that crazy? Mind blown. <laughs> yeah. Um, I love Alucard because he's very, I would say gender nonconforming. Yes. <laughs> he's very pretty. Um, I don't know. He's somebody I always wanted to dress up for Halloween as when, before I transitioned, like when I was younger. Because like before you transition... You kind of have that stage where you want to be androgynous. And before that, you're just a pretty boy. And so that's kind of like the path I was on. So I always knew I was a vampire anyway, so it all made sense. So Alucard would have been along that path for you? Yeah, totally. And I think um, Castlevania was Symphony of the Night was one of the only um, side-scroller games at that time where you could 
change your character's costume. Oh. And weapons and all that. So I I thought he was very appealing because he he had a good wardrobe. Because Symphony yes. of the Night was the first to make it sort of Metroidvania style. Yeah, or that, uh, it, yeah. it was sort of, yeah, like interconnected so world. Linear, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and you had, and that was where they started introducing like, like an equipment and item screen. Yes. Yeah, it was kind of, ahead, well, it was ahead of its time. It well, was really good. And I guess that's where it became Metroidvania because, yeah, there was no Vania before. It was just Metroid right. style. <laughs> yeah. Do you have that vinyl, Rob? They haven't done that one yet. What? I, I'd say give Mondo... Yeah, six months. Get to it. Yeah, it'll happen. That's yeah. That's like, I mean, how could they not do that one out of all? Yeah. Ooh, if it's Alucard's head on the cover with his beautiful hair, shut it down. I might just get it for the art. It's surprising that they did go to Castlevania Four rather than just skip all the way to Symphony of the Night because they already covered like the NES. So why not just get to like the next best? Yeah. Well, I'm curious if they'll actually do any of the GBA titles because that's sort of where Castlevania found new life. But, like, I don't know if the, any of the music in that is especially memorable. Right. Maybe yeah. Rondo of Blood? Since I think okay, that, that was one a actually, Sega CD. No, Rondo of... Oh, maybe. I don't know. Oh, yeah, I was thinking Aria of Sorrow. That one was GBA. But, yeah, like, Dracula X, maybe? Or which, maybe... Yeah, maybe that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, because that, that was the Sega CD one. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. Hmm. We will see. Yeah. Cool. So, well, anyway, thank you for coming on the podcast, Thanks, Travis. Travis. Thanks, Travis. for having me. My brother. <laughs> <laughs> and our first guest. Woo. Oh, yeah. Our very first guest. How does it feel? You popped our cherry. Uh, <laughs> uh, that's weird. Yeah, that's a, yeah. <laughs> uh, wait a second. <laughs> cool. Nice. Well, thank you so much for listening. And you can find me at Satine the Dream on Instagram. Twitter and Twitch at just Satine, C-E-T-I-N-E. And I am Fast Danger on Twitter and Mr. Gladstone, where Mr. is spelled out on Instagram and Twitch. Travis, where can we find you? And if you want to find me, (laughs) you can find me on Twitter at Travis H. Dale. Nice. Sweet. So um, you can follow the podcast at Bit Different, or sorry, Bit Diff Podcast on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. And you can email us at bitdiffpodcast at gmail.com. We have new episodes every Wednesday. And would you kindly follow, rate, and comment on uh, iTunes and Google Play? Sweet. Well, thank you so much, Travis. It was fun. How'd you like it? It was good. (laughs) (laughs) That's about as much as we'd ever get out of him no matter what. So there you go. All right. Well, thank you. And we'll catch you next time. Thank you. Chowsies. Bye.